0: Welcome to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Anna. And I'm Kirsten. And I'm going to read a little something I pulled off the internet to start this week off. This says, as an author, you should own the following. 37 notebooks that are too nice to write in. Over 500 assorted pens, none of which you can find. Yep. Enough books to sink a ship. Yep. The heart of one who wronged you. A cat. (laughs) So many coffee mugs. And half of a magical amulet.
1: I, I own most of those. Not an amulet, and not a cat, but and not the soul of or the heart of someone who wronged me. So that was the, <laughs> the one. Don't not that either.
0: <laughs> well, I have a cat sitting behind me right now, so I'm partway there. <laughs> there you go. I
1: I do have. I just bought another notebook yesterday because I found I found a brand of notebook that I absolutely love. the The line spacing are just perfect, and it's like oh. the perfect size. Um, fringe notebooks. I <gasps> I find them at yeah. TJ Max. I love those. They're absolutely perfect. They're soft covered. You can flip them around Mm -hmm. and write on both sides of the pages. And so whenever I I go to TJ Maxx, I inevitably buy one more notebook. And so I have like five under my bed. I'm using one to to write down notes as I'm reading through a book for research purposes, for a story idea. I love them. They're the best.
0: That is the best best brand. Yeah. And it's like
1: thick. It's like not notebook paper. It's like thick pages. So like they don't rip easily either. So you can. Yeah. They're fantastic.
0: So speaking of writing, Anna's gonna talk a little bit about the exciting weekend she had.
1: Yes, I got to go to Realm Makers, which if you don't know what Realm Makers is, it is a conference for Christian speculative fiction writers. Um there were I think almost 500 people at this conference, and it was in St. Louis this year. Um it's gonna be there again next year. It's fabulous. I went last year and the the conference was fantastic. And so this year um, was in St. Louis in a location they'd been at before. And the hotel and the staff just love our group when we come, which is funny because like a lot of hotels don't like large groups, but they love when Realm Makers comes to their hotel. Um, And it was in a, like a little, sh- it, like it looked like a chateau, like a French chateau. Yeah. And so it was just super cute and like whimsical. And it felt like you were in a different world and there were restaurants all around the hotels like the conference center and stuff and it was just great and i got to see a bunch of people i knew from last year i had people coming up to me because i've my instagram has grown so much in the last year um and i've you know published books i had a girl come up to me this was like the coolest moment she came up to me and she's like oh my gosh you're Anna Augustine i absolutely love your books i didn't know she read my books until she came up like she was posting that she was coming to Rome makers and she was excited to meet me and i was like i didn't realize you'd read when you found me. And she brought when you found me and had me sign it. And she was just so excited. We got pictures together and I had a fangirl and it was the greatest feeling in the world.
0: Wild.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I got to meet uh, a bunch of authors I really look up to. I made myself this year actually go up and introduce myself to people. I met the marketing, the head of marketing at Enclave who sends out all the emails to us straight team people. And she knew who I was from my name, which was, I mean, I've been on the team for, Two and a half years, but she recognized my name, and we had some like really good conversations at the Enclave table. It was just a great weekend. It was, and then the, and then that's not even talking about like the classes I went to and the speakers. It was really funny how God set it up that they all kind of talked about the same thing in a different way. So the opening keynote was Steve Lobby, who is the he created Enclave basically. He started the company, and he talked about imagination, wonder, and creativity, and how they're used kind of as synonyms, but they're very different. Imagination is like the, like the thought process of creating something new. Then creativity is like giving that imagination substance. And then wonder, I love this. Wonder is the reaction to creative imagination. Ooh. Each are different, but like you need all of them and that we're creative because God's creative he created us, therefore everyone has the ability to be creative. And he's like, he's like, I hear people say, oh, I'm not creative. And he's like, no, you are. You just haven't found the outlet for that creativity. And I'm just like, it was so good. Went going into like other classes and like um, Sarah Ella talked about her, for her, the class I went to and sat and listened to her was finding Aslan. And she was talking about like writing themes, like Christian themes into your book. And she's like, you don't necessarily have to sit down and like, I am writing an allegory. She's like, no, just write from your worldview right from your worldview and if you're a believer then themes uh, christian themes will appear in your book whether you mean to or not
0: yeah
1: and just that's really challenging for me because i always like to find like try to put allegory into my books and so just like don't worry about that just write the story god's given you and the the themes will appear and so it was just it was a really encouraging week sorry I am rambling because it was just no, so good and I, I haven't been able to talk about it a whole lot this week but
0: yeah. it's just it was such a good week okay so we are going to talk about some books that we've been reading recently this book I read a little while ago I know we've taken a bit of a break so this book was it's it's somewhat popular right now like it's pretty popular but it's kind of like I haven't really heard people talking about it. Like I've seen it a lot everywhere, but I haven't heard people talking about it. So it's called Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. It's by Heather Fawcett. And there is a sequel coming out in 2024. I'm so excited for it. So you know how rare it is for me to give a book five stars. This book got five stars for me. Wow. Um, yes. However, it's not the kind of book that everyone will give five stars to. It's definitely not everyone's style, but- Oh, I loved this book so much. So this book follows this uh, woman. obviously, her name is Emily Wilde, and she's like this very kind of grumpy, closed off, isolated professor. and she's going to this northern wintry town to do research on folklore um and or fairy folklore specifically to like, you know meet with fairies and and so it's like real world but there's you know Fae and other creatures in it and she is very you know she's very blunt she's very unfriendly she doesn't really like to talk to people and part of the reason is because when she does research like when she goes into a, a new town and does research she doesn't like to get to know the town Because she's going to be using them for research. So she doesn't want them to, you know, read her new research paper and be like, you know, oh, that girl used us just to get to, you know, like, she's, she's upfront with them. Like, this is research. Like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here for my job. And yeah. yeah, And so she shows up, she starts studying things. And, um, it's so funny because right away, like, she kind of offends, like, the leaders of the village, (laughs) and i don't even know what i did it's just really funny being in her perspective because she's very she's kind of like the like the beloved curmudgeon but she's like Mm -hmm. a young woman (laughs) i love it it's a
1: fun twist on that because like i feel so often it is an older person that they make grouchy it's like no young people can be grouchy too like yeah Yeah. really can
0: (laughs) and so oh i should mention she has this dog that's almost like a wolf and his name is shadow and she keeps alluding to like some sort of magic that this dog has but they're like bound and he's a really cool dog he's just kind of like lurks everywhere and he's very
1: the dog is bound to her
0: there they have some sort of bind that you find out why later but it doesn't really explain it like they just have this really close relationship suddenly a bunch of people show up in her cabin and it is her old not old but it's like her only friend so there's this guy his name is (laughs) bamblebee is it or yeah bamblebee and he is her friend at the uh like the school that she you know works at and um it's so funny because he's like the complete opposite of her like he's super charismatic really bubbly and friendly and fun and he just like is he's kind of snooty and like pretentious and he brings a bunch of research assistants with him basically to like be his servants and she's like go away like this isn't your business and she kind of suspects that he's a fairy because like there's little signs but like she doesn't want to tell him that because the fairy are like super dangerous so he is like she doesn't want to get herself in trouble but he basically starts helping her with her research and and I don't want to like go too much into that because that is like a big part of the story so the village starts to be kind of assaulted by one of the Two types of fairy because there's like the short ones and the tall ones, they kind of call them. And the tall ones are like more dangerous and ethereal and magical. And um they start like kidnapping people from the village. So um Bamblebee and Emily kind of get thrust into Helping the village, and they interact with so many different kinds of fae, and they have to like go into these fae lands and that are like kind of woven into the normal, you know, winter hillside. And it is just so magical. It's so interesting. It is like, I don't know. I just, oh, it made me long for like more winter magicy forest, found family type stories. Like I loved it so much. So I really recommend it. This is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett.
1: might have to add that to the ever growing TBR list, which is just fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my recent reads, I've actually read two one was a beta read and one was an advanced reader copy. But I'm going to talk about the beta read first. Because if you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me talk about the Mammoth series by Brian McBride. And I got to read book three the other day and I legit devoured it. It was the best of the three so far. Like, I don't know how he keeps making them better, but he does. And the character dynamics were amazing. The adventures were so cool. You start to see... um It's definitely the darkest of the three because, like, each book shows, like, more layers to the villain and, like, his goal and, like, how he fights against the good guys and everything. But there was just, like, so much heart to it. There were some moments that I legit was, like, all caps texting Brian about because it was, like, either really cute or really horrible or, like, plot twist. And I, like, I can't say much because I don't want to spoil it, but um, it's called Leviathan. Okay. And it comes out this fall. Okay. And it's really good. And if you all aren't following Brian on social media, you should be because his posts are so aesthetic and he shares snippets from the story. And now that I've
0: read it, I like know the context and it's like, oh my gosh. Anyways, it I'm was gonna, just so good. I'm gonna link his Instagram as well as Realm makers information and stuff like that in the show notes. So if you're interested yeah. in anything, you know, along those lines so that we've talked about, check out the show notes.
1: Yes. And yeah, it was just so good. And Mammoth and um, Titan are out. So if you want to read those and they're, they're chonky, they're a good read, but it's, it's really fun the way he writes, he writes episodically. So it's almost like watching a TV show. Like each Ooh. episode has this kind of its own arc, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. So like, there's, yeah. I think six episodes in each book. So it's really fun. And And he compares it to like, Outer Banks meets like Hardy Boys meets Indiana Jones. Ooh, it also has kind of um right. National Treasure vibes, little like treasure okay. hunting. So, they're just they're really fun. Just like and it's clean content, mm-hmm. which is because uh, pr- you know like Outer Banks is not super Yeah. family friendly, but like these books are very perfect for like 20 something year olds who want that Yeah, adventure vibe.
0: Yeah. So, oh, that's so fun
1: i love that so leviathan by brian mcbride it comes out this fall and you can check out his other two in the mammoth series
0: now awesome okay i'm gonna talk a bit about uh okay so this is the first haruki murakami book that i've ever read i do not plan on reading a ton of his works but i'd like to read more because he's obviously a very famous author you know if you don't know who I'm talking about, you've probably heard of Kafka on the shore or After Dark or he's written yes. so many dance, dance, dance. After Dark, I've heard of that one. I think. OK, it's, um, yeah. The Band Elephant Vanishes. One Q at 84. There's just he's written so much and a lot of it is very famous. Birthday Girl novelist as a vocation, like tons of stuff. He's written so much. And um, this book that I read from him, I got in Budapest, I believe. I was traveling a lot the last few years. <laughs> in the U.S. now, which is exciting. She's on, um, on home soil. Yes. <laughs> um, so I read First Person Singular by him and it's a collection of short stories all by him. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously it's kind of hard to say because each story was different. And some I enjoyed more than others. But overall, I really, I really enjoyed his his voice. He has a very unique voice. Like it's very, it's almost kind of dry in a good way. It's very straightforward. It's very like the height of first person, really. And he kind of talks about things in a very speculative manner. And um even if it's just an ordinary, like some of his stories are very ordinary. Like one of them is about this time that he, oh, and I think that it's kind of like fiction and nonfiction woven together. I couldn't quite figure it out. Like it was definitely fictional, and in, in a few of them you can tell, but it almost from some of it, it almost felt like some of the stories had elements of truth in them and elements of his real experiences. But one of the stories was about how this girl that he had been like, He had been like a musical duet partner, you know, with her in high school or something like that. And he hadn't heard from her in a long time, but he, she like sent him this invitation to a concert she was having. And then he like tried to go to the concert and it didn't exist. And he was just kind of sitting like in this park and like this old man came up and talked to him really weird, like just really weird things, but it's very, it seems very ordinary, but the voice that he tells it with is just so interesting and fascinating. So yeah, I, I definitely think that this is a good introduction to his work because it's not super intense. You know, you, you get a taste and there's a little bit of magical realism and it's kind of weird in some, in some situations, (laughs) but yeah. So that's first person singular by Haruki Murakami and I really enjoyed it.
1: Okay, so I'm talking about the next book I got to read early. And it's one I've... A lot of people have been waiting in anticipation before. Kirsten is The Looking Glass Illusion by <gasps> Sarah Elba. When I tell you this is the best second book in a duology that I have ever read, I am not over-exaggerating. It is the best one I have ever read. Wow. It was so good. The way she... I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm gonna try my best. The way she just ties everything up, you get to meet characters that are just like usually when you introduce new characters in this in a second book, they don't feel as like you don't feel like you know them as well as the characters you met in book one, but she did such a good job of introducing these characters and you feel like you know them almost immediately. The characters you do know you get to know better. The end of book one, we get a a snippet from cheshire's point of view we get his point of view in book two which is just amazing oh. and sarah said that it's and it's so fun to get inside his head mm. and like actually see what he's thinking and feeling and stuff so that was super fun um yeah a lot of the other characters from book one you get to, to know better and there's like some major plot twists which were really fun mm. and like you're in i don't know it was just so good i don't want to spoil anything. think it was just so good the climax was epic. And I'm at Romakers. I got to talk to Sarah Ella about it. And I made her cry because I was just said it was so perfect. And there's like those moments where like you just you feel what the characters are feeling. Like I, I actually cried. I had tears running down my cheeks. And like that doesn't happen a whole lot. Usually <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry when I'm reading a book. And that's when I said I cried over this book because I feel like I'm going to cry, but no like actual tears come out of my eyes. But like I legit had tears coming out of my eyes when I read this book. And just the way she wraps everything up at the end, it doesn't feel too rushed. It doesn't feel too slow. It is just absolutely perfect. And I already loved this series. Like, I knew I was going to love it, but I love it even more. And I will champion it to the day I die. (laughs) That
0: is high praise. I am so excited. It
1: is. It's so good. And so everyone should go pre-order it. Um, I heard there's going to be foil uh, underside on this one, too. Like the (sighs) last one. So you can order it on Amazon. I know if you order through um changing hands out of Arizona, it's her local bookstore. You get a special art print. So not me considering actually going to order from them and canceling my other pre-order, but because um, <laughs> I just because I want the print. Um but yeah, uh the looking glass solution by Sarah Ella, is absolutely amazing. And I cried. So
0: oh, I was so excited.
1: <laughs> i really hope now that i hyped it up so much that everyone likes it as much as i did (laughs) i think you will i think you will if you liked
0: if you like wonderland trials you'll like
1: looking glass illusion i'm sure
0: i will devour it okay
1: i'm just like watch me hype it up and then kirsten not actually like it
0: (laughs) oh i'm sure i will i loved the wonderland trials so okay good (laughs) okay i read family of liars by e lockhart (laughs) this book was really good right now uh the first book is we were liars it was like number one everything in like uh 2014 yeah that's when the book came out 2014 so like for a few years it was top of like YA like just everything was popular family of liars just came out last year and it is actually a prequel so oh. it is about. So We Were Liars is basically about like this family that spends every summer on this like private island that they own, and it's very like it actually has like a very Outer Banks feel. We were just talking about that. Um, I haven't actually seen. I've seen like one episode of Outer Banks, but like is that kind of feeling of like um beachy, summery, kind of a bit of scandal and like fun family things which are wholesome but also like deception and mental illness and and like you know that kind of cunning tone to it um in family of liars is about the family but like a generation before so it's oh, about cool. the, it's like in we're liars one of the moms it's like her story when she was young that's cool yeah i I don't think I liked it as much as Family of Liars, as much as We Were Liars, but it was very good. Um, I gave it four stars, I think. It was not what I expected. Like, it broke a lot of stereotypes, like a lot of tropes that kind of went in the opposite direction in the end. And I really enjoyed it. Like, it's not for everyone. Some people really do not like We Were Liars. And if you didn't like We Were Liars, you probably won't like this either. But um, (laughs) I I really recommend it. You know, it's not, it's definitely not, you know, perfectly clean it's not um, like oh fun family story it's very intense but there are some really good family values too and there's a lot of struggle to like build sister relationships and mother daughter relationship and father daughter even and in the end of family of buyers I actually really enjoyed like the way that the family had grown and changed and and that's not necessarily the case when we were liars and we were liars you're just kind of like what just happened <laughs> and you just oh my goodness the the style e lockhart style you just consume it you just want to keep reading and reading and reading so um yeah i i recommend we were liars if this sounds like your thing um and family of liars there yeah i thought it was a pretty worthy prequel
1: i don't know why but it's giving me like inheritance like the way you're describing it like kind of like inheritance game vibes. a little
0: a little it doesn't have the same like humor and like inheritance games is definitely more like fun wholesome familiar and we were liars is definitely more like things are kind of disconnected you almost feel like you're in like a hazy dream
1: okay <laughs> yeah um but, i had some of those last weekend anyways <laughs> some hazy dreams Oh, okay. Just from complete exhaustion. Oh, yeah. Like, weird. I dreamt weird, but then I don't really remember what I dreamed. I just remember I dreamed. Anyways. Hmm. Besides the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your next recent read?
1: So speaking of hazy dreams, I read... Hold on. I don't remember the title. Wow. Memory Lane by Becky Wade. It's book one in Sons of Scandal. Mm-hmm. And this book was so fun. It was so fun. It had a lot of like tough topics were dealt with in the story, which I don't really want to say because it it gives like a big plot twist away. Yeah. It, it's traumatic. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. But this girl lives on this island off the coast of Maine that is only like home to like 40 people and you can only access it by boat. And it's like really remote. And so she's a sculpt- sculptor, wood sculptor, and she lives there. And she's like going through her routine that she has every day and she suddenly gets this, like, feeling that she's, like, looking out her window. She looks out her window, and there's this guy in the ocean in, like, the fall, the freezing cold oh. ocean. And so she's like, holy crap, he's, like, in trouble. I need to go save him. So she goes and saves him. He doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't remember where he's from. He has amnesia. Ooh. And so he has to stay with her on this little remote island, and she's, like, caring for him. And she's really mad that she has to care for this guy because he's disrupting her routine, which is really important to her. There's, like, little clues about, like, who he is as they're working through it and then he starts to get pneumonia so he ha- they have to send him to like the mainland like, like uh fly him to the mainland and he's like i need you to come with like remy's the main character he's like i need you to come with me remy and she's like doesn't want to leave her island and her routine because that's when she starts to like spiral from her past and yeah. so she but she goes with them and then they figure out who he is and then there's this whole mystery around his life that he's forgotten and so like he he knows now know who he is but his memories are still not all back so he's trying to figure out what happened to him why it happened to him and then this whole mystery subplot with some people in his life which again i don't want to spoil anything so but Mm -hmm. it's by becky wade and she self-published this one because she's in the traditional market but she self-published this one and it's really good and i'm really excited for the sequel because it's the brother of the guy from the book and Ooh. so book 1 so i'm very excited so Is you should it check it from out from the guy's perspective or the girl who finds both okay. okay and it also goes to his mother and his brother's point of view okay. it'll jump to their point of views as well oh. so Boys it's really ball? cool uh memory lane book 1 in the sons
0: of scandal series by becky wade okay that sounds good i'll have to put that on my list Okay. The last recent read I'm going to talk about is Emma by Jane Austen. <laughs> I finally read this. <laughs> I've seen like, you know, different movie adaptations. I know the story actually really well. So it wasn't really like, like there were no surprises in it at all. Um, the only other Jane Austen I've, I have i do know, I've read two, I've read Pride and Prejudice and Northanger Abbey. So this was the third Jane Austen I've read. To be honest, like, I liked it. I really liked the story of Emma. I think I would have liked it a lot more if I didn't know everything that was going to happen. I think because I was really familiar with the story. And, like, the movies typically follow the book somewhat line for line. Honestly, even the newer adaptation of Emma that I think was, like, 2020 or something like that, which I love. I think that is pretty line for line.
1: Which is good when they're doing yes. The modern. Yes. Like, it's yeah. great.
0: But... I think that the book was a little bit, you know, kind of a repeat of a story I had already enjoyed quite a bit, but it was, it was beautiful, obviously. I mean, is an um, amazing story. If you're not familiar with it, um, Emma Woodhouse is, um, she's this girl who lives with her beloved father, who's, I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's very like sensitive about people's health and he's very, he just really cares about, you know. little place in society and um and she emma considers herself a matchmaker so her like governess caretaker sweet lady has just gotten married and so she's kind of trying to match off this younger girl um who who really wants to marry this farmer she kind of encourages her like don't marry him like and so she's trying to set her up with these different people and it just everything goes awry like nothing goes well and in you know towards the end emma kind of realizes that um she's very humble throughout the book and she kind of realizes at the end like I do not have good judgment (laughs) Uh. and yeah and she's very determined to not leave her father but she's falling in love as well so it's funny I think it's good the characters are great I do recommend it if, if you like classics but you don't want something that's like super frivolous and um has kind of a different twist so yeah
1: is that the one that has the quote if i loved you less i could talk about it more or if i loved you any less i could talk about it more or whatever okay
0: i like that quote i have not read emma but i like that quote a lot i think it's a really good jane austen to read like it's very representative of her style and it's not my favorite classic style i like the brontes more than jane austen oh hot take i know hot take take. (laughs) um yeah but i did enjoy it and um i'm glad i read it So. That's Emma by Jane Austen.
1: All right, my last read I read because after reading both The Looking Glass Illusion and Memory Lane last week, I was like, I need something funny. So I read The Buy-In by Emma St. Clair. It is book one in sheet cake sweet rom-com series. Cute. This rom-com had me laughing out loud and I was with my grandma and I would be sitting there and she'd be on her iPad and I'd be reading and I'd laugh out loud and I'd startle my grandma multiple times while reading this book because it is so funny but what happens is the main car- guy character is named pat sorry patrick and he is the youngest of three boys and sister and or the young- he might just be the youngest guy i think the sister's the youngest she's the baby okay. anyways it starts out with him and his father who's they call him tank because he was a pro nfl player and just everyone calls him tank because he's the think tank and anyways that's awesome and he has informed his son that he has bought a town oh as one does and as one does yes and um pat is basically like you can't just like this is so funny he goes you can't shit creek a town dad and he's like (laughs) stop Stop verbing nouns, son. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of Pat thing. It's Pat's thing. Is he like verbs, nouns all the time. But yeah, so Tank has bought this town and um, their oldest brother, James, is trying to start up a like brewery, but he wants to do it in Austin, Texas. But Tank has bought Sheet Cake, thinking it's the perfect place for James to start his brewery. So they go and it's literally a ghost town. Like it's in disrepair. The people of Sheet Cake do not like outsiders at all but pat when he when tank tells him the name of this town he's like oh what are the odds because he had a girlfriend in college who was from this town and when he got drafted but when pat got drafted by the nhl or nfl nfl he just left lindy and didn't say goodbye and so they're both very hurt by this and lindy is the sole caretaker for her niece and she is in a custody battle with her sister over the little girl because her sister wants her daughter back but she's like lindy's like she's she's not changed like she's she's not going to take care of joe the way i will so when pat shows up in town um basically lindy's lawyer has told her like it would look a lot better if you had a like a safe place for joe to live and if you were married And so when she runs into Pat, they end up in a marriage of convenience to fight for Joe, and he's determined to win Lindy back. And Lindy's like, "I will not be hurt by you again." And so, thus ensues the hijinks of the (laughs) buy-in.
0: I love that she's like, "I will not be hurt by you again," but sure, I'll marry you
1: (laughs) for convenience. But she has like this list of rules, and Pat's like, "Yeah, right. Like we didn't follow the rules last time when because like when they started dating, they were like, it's going to be like just casual dating, like." they had all these rules we're not gonna fall in love we're just gonna hang out and have fun before you go off to write travel blogs and i go off to the the nfl um which that obviously didn't work and so she's scared to be like hurt again and it's just so cute and so many funny things happen there's um there's also this app through the whole thing called neighborly which is like the town app for just the town folk and they get on and there's like All this gossip going on and everything. And then there's the two roommates and the brothers. And it's just so much fun. And I laughed so hard. And there's two more books out in the series. And then a fourth one coming out next year, later this year, something like that. But it's very funny. And I don't know why I waited so long to read it because it's hilarious. So, The Buy In by Emma St. Clair. And that's the fun thing. Each title has something to do with poker because the family has like poker nights together oh the brothers and the dad so there's the buy-in there's the bluff the pocket pair and then the one coming out oh in july is upping the ante so it's like all yeah cool. uh poker related and it's really fun because there's characters from her last series that are pulled into this series like the, the sister harper she's in a different series by by emma Okay. And this is her family now. It's like her brother's stories and she's already married to the guy from her book. And it's it's just really fun to pull them all. And there and the family lawyer, like Pat's family lawyer is also in that series with Harper cuz he's friends with Harper. And it's it's just really fun. I love I love when authors, especially indie authors can do that where they can like pull all their characters into like it's literally one world. Yeah and you they all interact with each other. I just think that's really fun. So Emma's Emma also has a um series called Oh, the first book is called Royally Rearranged. And it's like a made up kingdom royalty long kind of like princess diary vibes. Okay. I guess or like Hallmark royalty movies and that one was really fun too. That was the first one I read by
0: her. So, oh fun. It's so nice to have like a lighthearted read in between really heavy books.
1: And I've really been on a contemporary slash rom-com kick recently. So I know. I'll like read one fantasy book and then like three rom-coms and then another fantasy book and then three rom-coms Just because <laughs> they are, they're like the kind of thing you can read when life is happening and like not yeah. get stressed out by. Yeah. I'm reading the zombie book that Anna recommended right now. It's really
0: cool. <laughs> Yeah. The zombie movie. quote unquote. It's, it's not super heavy on the zombies, no, though. It's not. <laughs> so we're gonna have a little bookish conversation about our reading setup. So let's kind of, you know, paint a picture. Anna, paint us a picture of your like ideal reading setup.
1: Okay, I might be a little weird. Where I have different different moods is my different setup. Right. So if it's not hot and buggy outside. We have rocking chairs on our front porch and I will go sit on our front porch and read with like a cup of tea or like a cold drink or something on the porch. Nice. If it's wintertime, I usually like sitting on my bed in my little character art corner with a blanket and a hot cup of coffee, tea, whatever. And my book usually I'll have a candle lit by lamp lighter literary creation candles. Cause <laughs> I have an issue and I'm, Way too many. I bought two more at Makers. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah. So I usually have like my favorite blanket with my pillows and my Kindle and/or book. And usually I'll have music going. I can read with music. A lot of people can't. I have no problem turning on music. It usually is music that I know very well because then I can tune out the words and focus on my book and just have it playing in the background. Yeah. yeah I would say that was, that's probably the, the setup. Nice. That sounds cozy. It is cozy. Someday I want a room with a wingback chair to sit in and read versus my bed. Yeah. But yeah. that has not happened yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, nice I used to. I So when I was growing up, I think in high school, I got this. I had it all through high school. And then two years of college, I had like a hammock chair and I would sit. And I I'm remember not- that. Yeah, so it'd sit and read for hours and hours in that chair. I love that chair. That was my reading spot. Now, it's honestly anywhere. I've had to do a lot of reading on like trains and buses, and you know, the beach and stuff like that while I'm traveling. But um ideally, I, uh, I don't think it necessarily matters where, like when I, am because I'm kind of you know in the middle of moving slash deciding where to move slash you know finding out what I'm gonna do next in life right now so I don't really have like a place to read but I love finding a good chair I like reading in bed too but I feel like I do my the most reading in like a nice comfy chair in like the living room or something and and I like reading on like if I'm in Europe I like reading in public transportation or in a coffee shop or something and You know, definitely some coffee or tea. I don't normally listen to music, but sometimes I'll get in the mood and I'll go on like a listening to music spree when I'm reading. Um, I like there to be like no one around and silence.
1: Yeah. And that's why I usually don't read in our living room because I am still at home with my family of eight. There's always something going on downstairs. So I did read yesterday. I was reading a book downstairs on the couch with the dogs. And so that was that was. Fun because it was just quiet and I had my music going and I was just reading on the couch. But yeah, that's what I usually read in my room because it's just a lot quieter and there's no distractions.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love having my cat around when I'm reading. That's awesome. Yeah. And I do like reading in the presence of other people. But yeah, when it's really like loud or noisy or there's lots of stuff going on, it's like, let me go hide somewhere. What do you think about reading in public?
1: I don't mind it. However, I am very expressive when I read.
0: Me too. (laughs) So
1: that is probably not, or like reading a rom com and laughing out loud. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm in public, I'm less prone to react authentically, maybe.
0: Yeah. Even
1: in my head, because I know there's people around and I don't want to look weird. Yeah. But I don't mind reading in public, especially that's why my Kindle is so nice, because it will fit right in my purse and Mm -hmm. I can take it with me. Um, I remember a few years ago being at the dentist and having to wait forever in the dentist office. And that was when we still had to wear masks in public. So that was nice because I was reading Shadow by Kara Swanson and a big plot twist happened. And I I almost threw my Kindle. Uh, I think you
0: mentioned that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because it was just like a really major, like, holy crap, what's going on moment. And it was funny because even with my mask, my eyes were still like Yes. Bugging out of my head. And I remember the lady sitting kind of behind the other chairs, you know, in the corner. And I swear she was like watching the gambit of emotions going across my face. That's awesome. Um, And then it really stuck because I was reading and I was getting to like the climactic part. And then I had to go back to the dentist. So,
0: yeah, that was probably the longest appointment ever. (laughs) Oh,
1: it was so long. And then we had to like run errands or something afterwards. So, like, oh, yeah. And then, but then, like, you wait so long and then you have to, you don't want to finish it because you've waited so yeah. long. And then, like, my anxiety kicked in and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to have a happy ending, but I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it was like, it was like a whole thing. But yeah, so I don't mind reading in public, but I'm very expressive. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of run into the same problem, but I get so immersed in. A story when I'm reading it so I kind of forget that I'm in public or I forget that I like exist at all and so I just have like lots of loud reactions and it's so funny when like I'm just in the room with one other person because I'll be like what is going on why are you screaming which, which right now that
1: also happened with shadow because you read that <laughs> one here at my yeah. house and she may have hit me with the book did I yes yes because I was making it. lunch and you were sitting in the kitchen on the floor reading was, it and then the you like floor. hit me
0: on the shoulder at one point you're like this is not um, happening oh that book devastated me so we're going to change up our format a little bit it's crazy that we're still in like season one but I feel like this podcast has evolved quite a bit yes you're good Um, so we are going to start just recommending one book at the end of each podcast that we really love and we are going to introduce a new segment in our next episode so stay tuned for that but this time since we've talked quite a bit about other things we're going to just have you know one book each that we just really want you to read so anna what is your book recommendation
1: Oh, hold on. I I actually did not like think about this.
0: Do you want me to go first? Yes, go ahead and go first. (laughs) So I am going to recommend The Waves by Virginia Woolf. This book is not for everyone. I think everyone (laughs) should read this book, but I don't think everyone will want to read this book. So it's a classic. It's not very well known though. Um, I annotated this book so hard, so much, It's so mysterious. It basically follows like six people, three boys and three girls as it's like starts in their childhood and it goes all the way through to their old age when, when they're like, you know, thinking about death and the end of life and things like that. And it is incredibly like just inner speculation, inner thoughts, inner reflection. And it's all about their grief, their friendship, their Academic career, their lives, just their thoughts on, like, it's especially about their thoughts on themselves and how they view themselves. And it's all like first person for all of their perspectives. So it will just in the chapter, it will just be like long paragraphs of one of them thinking, like, just their thoughts on life and stuff. And then suddenly it will change to another character and it will do the same thing. So the entire, like, there's no narrative. The entire book is their inner thoughts. That's it. And it is so good. Like, I was just riveted. I didn't want to stop reading, like, ever. I was annotating constantly. It's just so deep and thick. And, like, the characters are so tangled and imperfect. And I really hate, like, two of them. (laughs) I really do not like two of the characters. And if you read it, you can probably guess the two characters that I really don't like. But there are two characters specifically that I love. So, yeah, it's just so... It's just so it just makes you think about things and it makes you want to write things down. It makes you want to like have a conversation with them. And the characters just come utterly alive and like all the descriptions of nature and like the buildings and people, it's just fascinating. So there is something of a plot, but it's really not about the plot. It's really about the characters. So (laughs) this is The Waste by Virginia Woolf, very different, but I I loved this book. So I, I highly recommend it.
1: So my book that I'm going to recommend is a duology and it's Oath of the Outcast and Blood of the Seer by CM Bonchbach. This is a grittier story. So if you're more prone to not like gory stories, don't don't read it. However, if you love found family and brother bonds and touch him or die, but in the familial sense, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh then i definitely recommend this book it's so good it's this man who's called the baron of the mountain and he's it starts out with saying the seer of clan mcduffie has been captured and the baron is called by this clan and you're, you're kind of finding figuring out the dynamic and you learn more about him and the clan dynamic and him and his brother and reese or the baron has to go rescue sean from this evil lord and it is so good is and i good. love it so much and the the baron has this like motley crew of basically outlaws but like you find out reasons why each one was like drawn to the mountain and to the baron and he just he's like this grown man that just like adopts orphaned people <laughs> <laughs> and like orphaned in different ways like by family by society by circumstances yeah. and he just like adopts them and takes care yeah. of them and it's so beautiful and I love it I still need to read the second one the second one is like whoa it's intense but the first one is just so good and I, I love... might need to reread the first one because it's been like it's been like years yeah like- but reese is just one of my favorite characters and he is a morally gray character which is fun because i usually don't like morally gray characters because they annoy me but the reason he's morally gray is just like beautiful and there's like this beautiful redemption arc the end of the second book and yeah so i recommend the oath of the outcast by cm bonchbach thank you for listening to old enough for fairy tales i'm anna
0: and you can find me at anna underscore augustine underscore author And I'm Kirsten. And you can find me at bookishly underscore aesthetic on Instagram. And you can find our podcast account at oldenoughforfairytalespodcast on Instagram. Or send us an email at oldenoughforfairytales.podcast at com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. Reach out to us. Say hey. Tell us about your favorite books. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye.